Hi guys, it's Emmett. So, this morning I found myself cleaning our back living room because I was up early to write and I just couldn't get my head into the right space until I had squared away the living room somewhat, right? Fold up the blankets, put all the cushions on the couch, put away all the random things. And in fact, there was a, there was a big pile of magazines and catalogs and random old to-do lists and stuff that just needed to go in the recycling. And it got me thinking today about the difference between cleaning and and tidying or between cleaning and squirreling things away. I know we've all done this and I've talked about this before. You can take a room that is messy and make it appear much neater simply by uh, figuring out places to put all of the things. But fundamentally, that's an unsustainable practice because things come into your life through so many avenues, depending on your life, you know, they're either all under your control or mostly not under your control. I live with three other people, stuff comes into their lives and thus into my life. And so a great deal of the things that are in my life are not under my control. But stuff comes into your life and if all you do is figure out ways to stash it more and more cleverly, you're gonna run out of room. And when you do run out of room, all you've done is make for yourself a tremendous mess that then needs to be overhauled. I think about this a lot when it comes to my workshop because there are a few desk drawers in the white desk that's there. And a lot of what's in those desk drawers is not particularly helpful. I just moved that desk up from my office and it's got, I don't know, fountain pen ink and embroidery thread and a calculator that I would never use and just a bunch of stuff that was left over. And that's what happens with stuff that gets squirreled away. Whereas if you can shift your mind from thinking of cleaning up as, as partly clearing everything back to a sort of baseline, whatever you determine that is, and making decisions about, do I keep this thing? Do I not keep this thing? And not keeping things that aren't, that don't meet some sort of threshold. <clears throat> You, you are dealing with the influx of things as it happens in real time. And some people can be really ruthless about this, right? The people who threw out the junk mail before they even make it into the house. Um, and other people don't deal with it at all. And I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I would be more towards the first end of things, but the people I live with uh, are not. So you always have to come up with compromises. <clears throat> but I think it's worth thinking about because as humans, we can come up with reasons to keep something. Heck, we can even come up with reasons to get something in the first place that might be not particularly helpful to our lives in the end. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this example. I'm not sure if it's a great example, but our next door neighbors have a truck, a pickup truck, that they bought specifically to bring things to the dump, 
to do dump runs so that they could do dump runs, I don't know, once a month. I don't honestly don't know how often they go. Once a month, once every three months, instead of once a week. Now, we live literally a quarter mile from the dump. It could not be easier to go to the dump and back. I can do it in 10 minutes. And, and yet, they made the choice to buy this piece of equipment that will now allow them to store up all of the stuff and do it in what might seem like a more efficient way, right? It's batching the process in the way that I've talked about in the past, but, but there can be a cost to it because now they have a vehicle that they need to maintain. I don't know if it's registered, insured, all that. It might just be a junker that they just drive up the road. But they certainly now have a vehicle that they need to keep the snow clear from in the wintertime. And I've actually helped them try to unfreeze it from uh, the ice at least once in the in past years. And I know when they do try to take it to the dump, you know, there's always like, ooh, is it going to make it? So here they have a solution that allows them to simply store up more stuff instead of dealing with it. And the solution itself makes more work for them. And I think that would be very easy to do in something like my workshop where I could have all sorts of tools stored in my workshop. Tools that I would use once a year, maybe, maybe twice a year. And it's not that it's not nice to have those tools, right? The other day I needed a pickaxe or something. I ended up finding a Pulaski. I needed something to pry something up from the ground. And I was glad that I had one, but it didn't need to live on the wall of my workshop all the rest of the time with all of the collateral, not damage, uh, collateral issues that come when we choose to keep something around or keep something in a certain space that is not serving us on a daily level. So I guess in my own life, I feel this because I feel like um, if I am not pushing my daughters to pick things up off the floor to continue to sort of pick up after themselves, then they don't. And it gets worse and worse. And it reaches some sort of tipping point where all of a sudden, instead of them being able to actually deal with things and throw things out on a level where they're truly not just squirreling things away, it reaches a level where there's drifts of stuff on the floor where all of a sudden the question goes from what should I get rid of? Do I need to keep this to where can I put all this stuff? And that's the slippery slope right there. When you let too many things into your life that you're not actually using on a daily basis, the question goes from, do I need this, to where should I store this? And so we have people who have storage units in addition to their houses, in addition to their garages, in addition to their basements, storing things that they never use because the question has changed. It's changed from, do I need this at all, to where and how should I store this? And then we get to a situation where there's no room to store the things that truly do need to be stored and cycled through. I was thinking about this the other day as, we, as I was, um, we dry a lot of fruit each year, several bushels at least. And we dry them in the dehydrator and then 
put them in bags in the freezer for a little bit just to kill any fruit fly larvae that may have landed on the fruit when it was, I don't know, the dehydrator was off and it was just sitting there. And then we pull the fruit out of the freezer, put it in glass jars, stick it on a shelf in the pantry. And right now, our pantry is full of stuff. It has become the place where we store things. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, A, I need to deal with this, and B, what would it be like to have a pantry that was actually set up for storing food, large amounts of food, so that you go into the winter with food stored up? And look at all this shelf space. I have no excuse not to do that, not to have a stockpile of food. And it's even, it's a pantry for crying out loud. It's got a north-facing window. It's on the cool part of the house. It's like ideally suited for this. If not me, then who? And that's the sort of where should I store things question that I can get behind. The where can I store these 12 jars of dilly beans? Where can I store this big glass jar full of dried beans? Because that's the kind of storage that has to do with a seasonal flow. Right? No one struggles with the concept of where should I store the firewood? Because we understand that firewood has a seasonal flow. It shows up, you stack it in the place you usually stack it, It needs to sit there for a while, you use it up, you get some more. And we make room in our lives for those things that have some sort of seasonal flow. The problem is, as we make room in our lives for the things that don't have a seasonal flow, that just are there because, hey, they showed up, and we didn't do a good job of culling what we actually needed to keep and what we really don't need to keep, well then, that's on us because that stuff starts to crowd out the space we would normally use to have that seasonal storage. My wife uh, went to the library the other day. We have sort of remote pickup from the library because it's during the pandemic, if you're listening to this in the future. And the librarian who knows us quite well basically just selected a bunch of cool books for us, tossed them in a bag. She went and picked them up. And one of them was this really cool book. I think it's called The Foraged Home. And it's just different examples of homes around the world where people have foraged a lot of the furnishings and decor of the home. And to some extent, it's a she-she book that is full of homes that aren't really full of the objects of actual life. And in that regard, eh. But there's plenty that's beautiful about this book. But the point I want to make about it is that in this book about places where people clearly, you know, pick up little sticks of driftwood on the beach and shells, and other things. Things where you assume that these objects could take over, the desire to forage these things could take over a space 
and completely crowd out any open space that in fact, at least for the purposes of this book, the spaces were largely empty, which is an important sign to me that for us to appreciate things, everyday objects in life, there has to be a certain amount of space around them or we just don't see them. Think about a photograph. Think about some of the photographs that have really caught your eye. One of the things that really caught your eye was the space in the photograph where it was simple, where there was an object or a view or an idea and there wasn't a lot of other stuff crowding in that didn't support that. And if there was a few other details, there were just a few other details. We're drawn to these images for a reason. There is a clarity to them that comes from what is not there just so much as from what is there. And part of why books like that, I'm at my turnaround spot, part of why books like that are so aspirational to us is that they have a a a whispered promise that if only we could get our lives to look like that, that we'd feel that clarity and that calmness or that excitement over the possibility that we feel from looking at those images. Now, I think that that's largely overblown in the sense that if you go into a, uh, a house, well, like, a, I don't know, we were just in an Airbnb a month ago where it was clearly set up as an Airbnb with very few things. And two things struck me. One is <clears throat> when you walk into a space like that that's largely empty, it can feel very hollow and lonely, lacking in the small details of life that make you feel like there's some connection to the place. And also, how quickly a space like that can turn into a mass of stuff strewn everywhere, which is what happened to this place, if you bring in a bunch of boxes of things and explode them. So clearly what I'm searching for in my own life is the happy middle ground, both in my workshop where I can actually achieve it and then in the house where it's much more of an ongoing process and I'm sometimes achieving it and sometimes frustratingly not. But at every step of the way, I want to be throwing out the pens that don't work, the random pen caps, the chunk of string left over from some project. I even have a policy, don't tell my wife, of throwing out bits of toys that I find, unless they're particularly cool. All in the name of making things as clear to myself as possible, making it as clear to myself as possible that the point is to 
winnow down the objects in our lives. Always. And, and I think recognizing when we have a tendency to squirrel things away versus when we have when we are actually dealing with stuff and everything goes through cycles right i actually am at a cycle with my dresser my wardrobe where i have a bunch of clothes that i don't wear and i don't have many clothes to begin with but you know probably easily a third of the clothes in my wardrobe right now are things I never wear. Either they don't fit, or I don't like them, or something about them. And it's time. It's time for me to pull them out and get rid of them. And, you know, it's like anything else. You're not really sure why you're keeping them. Maybe you're keeping them because you think that they'll fit someday, or you'll like them better someday, or the right opportunity to wear them will come along someday. But I think largely we aren't even thinking on that level. We just keep putting the clothes that we do wear back on top. And it becomes a case of eating the icing off the cake each day. You take the clothes off the top that you just put back in from the laundry and you don't think about all the stuff that's underneath. But what I have found in my workshop is that when you rigorously maintain a level of, of discipline in not letting things accumulate, it feels entirely differently. And I know this in my own life because every now and then I do go through and clean out all the clothes that I don't wear and it feels bloody amazing. But so often in life we don't do that. I had a project this spring uh, with Nico Salvato where we would, uh, every weekend we would, we would clean out, we would deep clean a different part of our house, whether it was just a drawer or an entire room, and we would each post it. And it was tremendously galvanizing to tackle these projects knowing that a friend of yours was also tackling something. And it kept us going for a while until the pandemic, you know, spluttered us out. But I think whatever you need to do to get yourself to uh, even take a moment of your time to shift from storing things away to actually making choices about what you're keeping and what you're not keeping, those moments add up. And if you stack enough of those moments on top of each other, all of a sudden... You have a room that breathes again. You have a room where you can forage some cool branch on your walk and put it on your mantelpiece. And there's room to appreciate it in a way that you wouldn't have appreciated it when the branch was all jostled up against all the other things you stacked on the mantelpiece because you didn't have a place to put them and you're just trying to clear a spot to put your coffee cup down on the side table. That's it for now, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Talk tomorrow.